Welcome to episode 449 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's all business, all the time. In this episode, we talk about why we're on Twitch, upcoming movies, and the business of D&D. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So pack up those briefcases and get those TPS reports ready, because it's business time. I'll have them over to you in two years. kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Lauren, you've got a Star Wars shirt on. Talk to us. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I don't really have anything Star Wars related to talk about this week. Uh, Boba Fett will end soon and we can get there. Uh, but I have been watching uh, Euphoria on HBO. Um the second season just started, but I watched all of it from the beginning. I had not watched it before. Um, I, I just needed a new show to watch. I asked my brother to make a suggestion, and he put this out there, uh, and I binged all of it in about a day and a half. <laughs> it's it's really, like, it's a good show. It's a really fun show, um, which is not what a lot of people told me it was, like, going into it. A lot of people described it as, like, super depressing, um, but it really, it's just, like, an ultra-elevated teen drama. It is like a lot more serious than most of the ones I've seen, but I watched eight seasons of Skins back in the day, and I do feel like it's not that far off on like who has the craziest storyline. And like Riverdale already has the like sexy teens and stuff, so it's not that this stuff has like never been done before. But this show has an HBO budget, um, has a twenty-four cinematographers, a uh, really good soundtrack, really good score, and like the best actors around. And so like. It, it really like elevates itself through the like style of it all. And like, it's very dramatic and very exciting, which is why I was like, oh, I want to know what happens next, like every episode. So um, I am like very interested in the second season. They feel like they've upped the stakes somehow <laughs> even more. Um, and the creators have been warning it's like pretty dark, which you can definitely see like automatically why this season would be darker than the others uh just based on like what the main character is doing and i'm trying not to spoil too much um but yeah i really i do really like this show um obviously like i binged it really quickly i don't know if like other people are watching it um but if you like teen dramas this is probably the best one that i've ever seen <laughs> like and it is really good um like i said it's it's very elevated for what it is and it has more adult characters than most of these usually do as well so it's it's nice that that's at least thought of <laughs> it just started at season two right yeah the third episode came out this weekend so it's like really just getting the ball rolling on a new story and everything so i have um i won't be watching it but That's what fine. i did <laughs> is there's been a lot of buzz around season two mm -hmm. and so i did go read some of the synopsis for the like opening episode of season two and then i was just kind Ooh. of like yeah turns out there's a lot going on um, I didn't yeah. know what Euphoria was. I just saw there was there was like a lot of chatter about it, and I wanted to read mm -hmm. it, but I wanted to like try to have some context about what I was reading. Um, that did not help me want to watch the show. I don't. It doesn't sound like a show that would appeal to me. But I do remember thinking, I bet my wife would love this. I think Mackenzie. Yeah, if if you're listening or if you hear this somehow, like yeah, I think she would like it. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. It's definitely like. 
very thrilling. Like, honestly, like you just really want to know what happens because like they put these characters in like such crazy situations and like some very dangerous situations. So you're always like, what is going to happen? I got to know. Like, I always felt like I was like just sitting on the edge of my seat, like quite a lot. It sounds very scandalous. Yeah, um, and, and it, it is good, but it is not the best thing I've ever seen, which is literally what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, sticking on the HBO train, I want to talk about Station Eleven. And I kind of waited to talk about this because I had to, like, gather my thoughts because not only is this show, like, really, really good and, like, should have been on my top ten for last year. I just hadn't watched it. It's probably one of the best things I've ever seen, ever. Oh like one of the best gosh. stories I've like ever interacted with in my life. And I really, really, really like this show. And I realize it will probably sound very like pretentious and weird to say this uh, right off the bat. But like very genuinely, I feel like this is the only piece of media I've interacted with that has given me like any sense of relief to, to deal with the pandemic, like at all. And it's weird to say because this is a show that is about that, like very much so. And it's even more than like, uh, like in the beginning of this, like I had a long, like in the pandemic stuff, like with COVID, I had trouble even like thinking about like zombie stuff. And that feels very removed from reality. This is like a story about like a pandemic flu that wipes out 99% of the population. So like, it's hard to watch sometimes more than once during the show. I just had to like stop, walk away and like cry for a few minutes because I was like, so affected by the things happening in the show. Um, but it shows like, like my understanding is like beauty and positivity through a group of people experiencing that as opposed to just showing like destruction and devastation. Absolutely. I just yes. like, I feel like I have to note that like before, like it's hard to recommend the show like a hundred percent wholeheartedly because like it is very triggering and like we're still living yeah. in this situation. And so like, to act like that's not like a part of this experience is stupid. And like, I, I definitely got like upset watching it more than once, you know, because this is still feels like something we're dealing with. But I think because of that, it also does bring some um, comfort to this situation because like this story is about like what, yeah, like what happens next? Like it, what, like when you are faced with the end of the world, do you cling to what's left or do you build something new? And like, do you like make art and like really the show is about like why do you perform Shakespeare at the end of the world like it's so interesting and beautiful and like it's 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 so great like it's so good yeah. like to kind of give like a summary of the like actual story like and I wrote one out because I feel like this is like a hard one to explain so I'm going to just read straight from my notes today which I don't usually do like but I don't know the show is like really like impacted me so I felt like I needed to like think about what I wanted to say about it so it is like a kind of kinder version of the the apocalypse because the story set 20 years after this pandemic flu what like comes through the world um and I'd like that setting for apocalypse stuff kind of anyway because I think it's sort of underused because it's sort of after the first mad rush of like what do we do? How do we deal with this? Like it's it's what happens next. It's how do you move on from this? It's you know, once civilization right. is rebuilding, what what do you do? What do There's you do? There's a whole new you know? generation of children born yes, only yes. knowing this. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really big part of the story. Like they call them like pre-pandemic and post-pandemic people and like it takes 20 years afterwards. So like kids aren't just like kids. Like they're becoming adults. Like 
but they don't remember anything about the world before, like except for what people tell them. And so it's like for them, like they they know there was something, but it's just intangible. So like it's it's very interesting. And so the story really follows this girl, Kirsten, who's eight years old when this flu hits. And it's the story of how she becomes the lead actress in the Traveling Symphony, a theater company that uh, circles the Great Lakes performing Shakespeare through all the towns that they pass through. Um, the story kind of like kicks into high gear when they cross paths with this guy who goes calls himself the prophet. And he's like the leader of this like cult. And um, he's like very mysteriously linked to um, Kirsten somehow. And like the show is about like how honestly, like all these people are connected and like all this stuff. And it's it's so great. The show is incredible. And like. I realized that it's hard to watch and like I literally could only watch like one episode a day and then just had to like sit on them and and like think about it before I could watch more. But like I have never been like as like equally rewarded for watching such a difficult thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like, hated this you... show so much. I thought it was. I'm just kidding. I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm <gonna cry>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have. When I first heard about that, you said a couple weeks ago that you were watching Station Eleven, and I assumed yeah. that it was like one of those like Grey's Anatomy like spinoffs about like some fire station, like it legitimately. Does sound like that, like yeah. legitimately, yeah, and I'm like, oh, like I have zero zero percent of interest in this. Um, you talking about it? I pulled it up on HBO's website and just kind of read a little bit and watched a little bit about it. I mean, this totally feels like all of the right. All of the things that I loved about The Walking Dead before it jumped the shark. If a zombie show can ever jump the shark. Yeah. But like it feels like mm -hmm. this this has the elements of apocalyptic survival that I would be really interested to watch. Yeah. And like to me, the best thing about Walking Dead, and especially this is true in the comics, I think more than the show got to, but like the Walking Dead is interesting because of like people's interaction with other people. Like right. I care it's, so much less about the, the zombie apocalypse. Right. I just care about like literally like the soap opera at the zombie apocalypse is kind of what like yeah. Walking Dead is. Not great unlike for. the and second episode of Quiet Place or the second. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, because it's like not only place. do you have to deal with zombies, you have to deal with like real normal stuff. Like your friend is mad at you, or you, right. you know, like you just like very normal everyday things that don't go away in the apocalypse, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. This but, looks, yeah, this I looks think really good. Uh, I will be so giving good. this. A I, I immediately started reading the book too. The book is very different vibe than the show. Um, but it is interesting to read and compare. Um, and, but man, like really this show is so incredible. I think like if people, once you watched it, like we should talk about it, um, because like, God, it's just so great. Like what an amazing piece of media to like have right now and like ugh, we really could do good. it we could do an after the show season uh an after the season like wrap up show for sure we could totally do that yeah i think that would be really fun because like i think there's so many cool things to talk about in the show and like it's it's really cool very fun i haven't seen you this excited about a show since the magician so i'm glad that there's <laughs> i'm glad that there's media being produced again that is yeah. uh that's catching your eye. <laughs> Sadly, it's just this like limited series, but it is kind of like a perfect little bubble. Like, you know, Great. like it'll always be there to like rewatch forever. Like Station Eleven is in the show. <laughs> perfect. So, okay. Well, on that note, are you tossing it to someone else? Uh, yes. Uh, Patrick, why don't you have it? I don't know that I have anything to, to contribute this week. I have continued 
all of the things we've already talked about, which is Righteous Gemstones, uh, Peacemaker, uh, whatever else is going on right now. I am continuing those. I have not started Ozark, but I have a feeling Andrew's about to talk about that, um, which I'm very excited for. Please don't spoil anything. This is the one thing I don't want spoiled. Um, <laughs> the power's in my hands. I know it's in your hands. But outside of that, like that, that, that ultimately has been my life. I think coming off of Luke leaving... It was such a exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was heavy like, depression. <laughs> we did so much in that time, and by so much, I mean we played so many games that uh, uh-huh. when this weekend hit, I just was like, I'm laying in bed, and I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody, I'm not doing anything. That's how it was. So I just have one beautiful book to show you, and like I told you people earlier, for those that missed it, I managed to find a box. That's what I've done this week. That's the extent of my time. So, Andrew, why don't we actually talk about something? Why don't you tell us something that's that's interesting? Here's my week. I got divorced. <laughs> that's Yay. True. That is a true... Okay, well, that's that's a reaction. <laughs> right? I don't know. Well, it's I mean, it's, it, it's, it's yeah. good. It's fine. But, like, yeah. it's official, and I can talk about it. I can be public about it. It's done. Um, so there you go now uh, i don't know whichever one is correct you have both reactions. i've got we've got both we've covered both of our both of the spectrums chad i just uh, got really serious by i know the way, with, he really dude did. you okay yeah um, <laughs> it's, it's fine this is not a cry for help whatsoever yeah we're, we're we're moving on to the next phase so that's a big thing that happened this week that's been yeah. in the works for quite a while but anyway going from there i watched a couple of things one of them was I rewatched my marriage. Fo- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I watched my house leave. Um, no, I uh, I watched a couple of things. One of them it was, um, and I mentioned this in Slack. If you were in there, uh, I rewatched the Eternals, but I watched it with someone oh, yeah. this time, and so we had um, uh, we had talked about the Eternals a couple weeks ago. I know that we even talked about it again last week. When Luke was here, and I had not really anything good to say about it, much like my review of Dune. <laughs> but I do realize I watched Eternals and Dune like within the same couple of weeks of each other, and I may have not been in the best frame of mind when yeah, I was you're watching. Just crabby, so you know, it's, that's it's entirely like possible. So I have committed to go back and try to watch Dune again, and <laughs> I had I had committed to watch the Eternals. <laughs> I rewatched. Uh, I rewatched the Eternals and I will say on a rewatch with someone, because the first time I watched it, I was alone with someone. That always makes anything better. Yeah. It was easily 25% better. Like I was able to follow it a little bit more. I had a deeper understanding of what was going on. Um, I kind of already knew because of this, because I had seen the story, I knew how to uh, like what things to focus my attention on. Because the first time you're watching it, you don't know what's going to be important and what's not, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you're paying attention to everything. And in that movie, your brain can go on overload because it's just showing you thing after thing, dropping information well, after information. Yeah. And then it's time jumping. So you well, don't and, know- I, and I kept thinking about it later, too. Like, they introduced some pretty big concepts that they literally just, like, table they just, and never bring up again. Like, just everything over. with um, Druig. I was yeah. like, that's a really big, interesting question to ask that you just don't care about anymore. Yes. <laughs> So I, uh, going back and watching it the second time, I was able to focus on the things I knew were going to matter later. Um, Mm -hmm. And that helped. That helped me understand some of the motivation in the writing. It helped me understand some of the motivation in the characters. It helped me 
um, appreciate it more. Um, and I do, at the end of the day, I think it's actually a really pretty film. I think it was really well done in that way. I still think they tried to cram too much in it, into it. It shouldn't take a second viewing of a movie to, to like it at all. <laughs> like that shouldn't yeah. be the case. It should capture you enough the first time around. And of, of course there are going to be movies that your appreciation deepens as you rewatch it, but to have any appreciation for, I think it missed for sure. This is not saying this, <laughs> this is a, a, a 10 out of 10 for me, but I will, I will re um, I'm just going to kind of, um, I'm going to change. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not renovate. Change what's your the, mind. No, I know. But like, what's the word? I'm going to re something. Reevaluate. Reevaluate. Upon reevaluation, it has gotten higher marks for me, for sure. I do want to point out, though, Tenet was literally a movie that expected you to watch it <laughs> twice. Yes. In order, I mean, the entire the entire film is yes. just a but setup I've watched to it tell twice you and hated it you need both to times. watch it again. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> rewatched Tenet because yeah, I, I, did not I like it. didn't like it the first time. So yeah, I got I honestly got more frustrated the second time because I'm like, it still doesn't make any freaking sense, <laughs> even knowing what's happening. <laughs> So it's uh, reevaluate. Sure, that's the word. I think that's reconsider. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, all these different words. Thanks, thanks, uh, chat. You're helping me uh, feel. Yeah, dumb. I agree with the the blade thing too. Like I did not. That was real vague. They should have. At I, the end. Yeah, that was not a good hint. In I my loved that actually. I loved it upon the rewatch. No, I like now that I know what it is, but I wish they had done it in a way that I actually understood it when I was watching it and not because I read an article about it afterwards. Do they all die at the end? Is this like is this like Rogue One? So you've not seen this movie yet? No. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what you happens. You haven't read a summary either? No. no, no. You just, you need to go watch it for yourself. <laughs> it just looked I'm going to be honest, it looked like trash to me. I do understand the previous. It's not totally there's, an, trash. there's like, like an yeah. IKEA joke in in the yes. trailer. Like what what would draw me to the IKEA joke's actually pretty funny in the movie. It plays really well. I don't know. Um, I, I think there are like me. things to like in this movie, but it's like puzzle pieces that don't all fit together in my opinion. So, like there's ideas of good things. It looked pretty from a distance. Like if I saw like still visuals from the film, like of some of like the the ships or the settings or even outfits and stuff. It looked pretty like epic. And then once someone opened their mouth, it like ruined the facade completely. Like I wish I had, if I had never seen the trailer and I'd only seen like teaser images, I would have watched it day one. Okay. But because I saw the trailer, it was like, you know. All right. Interesting. Doc in the, in the chat has said, don't waste your time. And prior to my rewatch, I would have said the same thing. However, Going back and rewatching it, I'm realizing there are some really big things that happen in this movie that are going to be absolutely crucial for phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you don't watch this movie, you will be lost. So I do think you should watch this movie. Recognize that it's not going to be the best film that you've ever watched. Recognize it's definitely not going to be the best Marvel film that you've ever watched. And know that it's going to be setting up some things that are going to pay off in the future. So. Do you think I can get the same amount of information from going to an Ikea? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can try. Oh, go to the Ikea and then watch it on your phone. Like sit in one of the chairs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, sit in a Poang chair and then just watch it. I'm sure they would love. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they would love that. All right. So mm -hmm. that was way more time spent on Eternals than I intended to, to give. No, it's good. It's good. Um, I've also been rewatching New Girl. 
And I've talked about oh, this uh, to a few people um, offline. New Girl is about the funniest show I have seen in a long time. And I've watched, I've rewatched The Office relatively recently. Uh, I've watched uh, Friends and I've watched uh, Parks and Rec. Like these are kind of like my go-tos. And I just watched the entire uh, series of Seinfeld. And New Girl, I think, of all of those shows, gets um, it edges out the office slightly in terms of how many laugh out loud moments I have for myself. I think the, that both shows have their own merit and they're both written. They're very different kinds of shows. But New Girl, I laugh out loud to myself more in that show, I think, than maybe any other show. And it's absolutely wonderful i don't know if we talked about this on here yet but one of the things that we've talked about off air is putting together a full out like bracket criteria bra- yeah bracket style to determine what is the best sitcom of all time yeah hmm. and so, this, this would know what be, i would go to bat for this uh, would be in contention a, no but that's not the best this one. would yeah. be in contention for it for me for sure so um, it's on Netflix. You can go and watch the entire series on Netflix right now. Um, and and honestly, the uh, Nick's character and Schmidt's character are some of the best character arc written uh, character yeah. characters. I think maybe in TV history. And you can fight me I on used, that if you want. But it's I used fantastic. to really like that show, but I definitely fell off when they like exchanged um, what. I can't think Zoe Zoe Deschanel yeah Zoe Deschanel with Megan Fox basically and I was like oh I don't like that oh that was only for a couple of episodes that was just a roommate that was there I thought that was like a whole season that they did no 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 it was just a couple of episodes uh to get to get essentially I think the character was written in to to help with um Zoe Deschanel was on like maternity leave uh, yeah, so that's why I thought it was like a much longer, like just a filler. And then she actually ends up becoming in. a character that is a reoccurring character later, but she does not replace um, Jess. I, I actually liked her interactions with everybody on the show. I thought she fit in really well. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never saw it after that point. Like I, oh, I got I, to yeah. that point and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, so I love But it. I thought they were replacing her, which no. is I was like, that's a little icky nope. is kind of what I was thinking. But that makes me that changes my opinion to hear newer that, so. girl. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. And I was like, and you replaced it with like that, like really like that's a really interesting choice but like yeah that that is better now to know that that was not really what happened in no, her I character on the show was really good um i i do want to say real quick i feel like Kreider and andrew might be on the same wavelength with their feelings about the show or at least their favorite characters in the show yeah it's possible um it's possible but i don't want to get carried away <laughs> that, <laughs> that we're on the same yeah. page let's 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 ease our temperaments here a little bit all right uh, our expectations are getting a little bit too lofty um so anyway that show was great watching the eternals again was was better uh and i do think uh that there will be some more tie-ins to um to the phase four and i think uh i'm excited to see how that that stuff crosses over and then finally yes uh we have entered into the days of the first half of the final season of Ozark and my mm-hmm. goodness 
This show is fantastic. I will not say anything about it so as not to spoil it for anybody. I will say one thing that you can find at the very beginning of the very first episode. The, the first episode is titled Beginning of the End. And the way they start that episode is very, very in line with that title. And that's all I will say. It's fantastic. Jason Bateman brings it again. Um, the kids come into their own in they started to in this last in the last season they've they've really Jonah come into is their a own. man now he is looks so old by he looks he looks like a, a straight up man so I was um, laughing I was like Trevor he's so handsome now he's a, like not a little boy I like, laugh at <laughs> handsome people too um, it makes I me feel better it, about he myself grew up so much in between the seasons like <laughs> um so if you're not watching Ozark why it's an amazing yeah, it's, really tele- good. it's amazing television. Uh, it's right on Netflix. If you like Jason Bateman in Arrested Development, then you might not like this show because <laughs> it's very different. Um, I, I think that like I have like a secret dumb theory that like this is maybe what would have happened to like his character if his wife stayed alive. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. But she didn't because she didn't have a good oncologist. That's tying it back to what Patrick said earlier. Uh and that's wildly dark, but not as dark as getting divorced. Okay. Uh, all right. On that note, we're going to say that our around the table is done, and we're going to move into our master categories. Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. That gives us our category. We pick our topics based on those categories. So it is that master category time of the evening or morning, depending on when you're listening to this. So because it is the master category time uh, I, and because I keep telling Patrick to wait. <laughs> to yeah, I definitely stuff, think you got to go before start. Patrick spoils your, I got, your category. I got business again. <laughs> Um, and I got any time. Um, I got I rolled the four four last week, and uh, I got any time. And so, um, I wanted to talk about something that we've been spending a lot of time, not just uh, referencing, but also spending a lot of time in this world for the last several months. And that's the business of Dungeons and Dragons. So I did a little bit of a deep dive um, this past week to learn more about um, the company and like the the business of Dungeons and Dragons. So here's what I learned. I'm going to give you some some straight facts. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about, you know, the company and where it is now and our personal experiences with it. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons started back in 1974, I believe. Yes. 1974. It was, um, created by a company called tactical studio or tactical studies rules, Inc. TSR. That's what you'll find a lot when you're reading like the history of it. Um, TSR. And it was created by two guys, Gary uh, Gygax and Dave Arneson. Um, and I've heard Gargax, or I've heard of uh, Gygax before. Um, and uh, I don't know why. Maybe it was uh, from any one of these movies that's 80s themed, or or maybe it was watching like how they were made or something like that. But I've heard about um, of Gary Gygax before. Um, but it's these two guys, and they created this in 1974. And it was a um, just an opportunity to have a an open world role playing game, and they uh, they tried to uh, uh, give some uh, some prompts. Like the the first iteration of this, the first edition, as they call it in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, um, was really just a set of prompts with some very loose system built around it. 
Um, nothing like what it what it is today. But the first edition was was set out in 1974. So um, there is a lot of uh, been a lot of different changeovers over time. And yeah, what you're looking at right there, Patrick, is a is one of the earlier copies of like one of the story arcs that you could go through. Um, and it looks very similar. In fact, if you go right now, there is an original 1974 TSR Dungeons and Dragons white box set, which white box is now yellow boxed <laughs> because it is very old. Um, it's on eBay right now. You can get a copy of it or this copy of it for $599 um, to get one of these original sets. Uh, and so it is, it's, wow. it just gives you inside of it, inside of this box set is uh, the Dungeons and Dragons rules for fantastic medieval war games, campaigns playable with paper and pencil and miniature figures. Um, that's how they, that was the byline Dungeons and Dragons rules for fantastic medieval war games campaigns playable with paper and pencil and miniature figures that is how they printed he's not it a, he's not a marketing genius um i love that now it's only like dnd like yeah two letters well yeah we'll get and we'll get there right so yeah. that's that's part of that's part of their their marketing stuff but they that's it it came with these it came with three books men and magic monsters and treasure and then um i can't the the underworld and the wilderness adventures and then it gave you the reference sheets that you could use for character building or whatever. Very, very scaled down version of this game. Um, and then in 1997, it was bought out um, as, uh, the, so TSR was going under. Um, it was on the brink of bankruptcy and, um, and all of these things. And it was sold to, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, I just want to make sure this. Yeah, okay. So in TSR, the the in 1997, TSR was nearly bankrupt, and it was purchased by Wizards of the Coast. Wizards mm. of the Coast is the company that still owns it today, which is a subsidiary of Hasbro. So you're very familiar with Hasbro. If oh, you're I didn't into, know that actually. Yeah, toys that you grew up with, Hasbro likely had something to do with them. Um, but Wizards of the Coast is a subsidiary of that. Also, part of that subsidiary, uh, Wizards of the Coast also owns Magic the Gathering, which, as you can imagine, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. at least in terms of audience, there's a lot of crossover. Well, in recent years, this, this company that, that started off as these two guys producing this thing, they started their business with $2,000 worth of investment and $100 worth of art investment. They paid someone wow. $100 to draw the first campaign art um, associated with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and now it's come to where it is. We are currently in its fifth edition. I'm skipping a lot of steps here because I don't think yeah, not everyone came here to hear years the, and years. the, yeah, to hear the conclusive um, historical review of Dungeons and Dragons. But from 1974 to 1997, um, there were three versions. There were two versions of the game, two editions of the game where they spread out and did a couple of different things. When Wizards of the Coast adopted the game, uh, it took them three years to release a third edition, which brought those two things back together and have a more con uh, cohesive game system um, mm. where it was like basic and advanced rules they brought together. And then we have had two since then. Um, we have introduced two new editions um, that that expand the world, but really kind of tighten the rules. Um, so to make it very 
systematic and easy to plug and play different characters, different monsters into different scenarios. It becomes mm -hmm. a lot more a la carte and um, module, you know, module based where you can make any adventure out of any characters and any monsters in any setting. Um, and so there's just been a lot in terms of the expansion of that universe. So after all of that build up into this, you know, into this property, into this IP, uh, I wanted to know like how, how good of an investment was their $2,000 and their $100? Well, oh, gosh. now obviously Gary Guy uh, Gygax and Dave, they're not they're not the only people getting any money off of this. If they're even getting any money anymore at all, because they sold the company. But just oh, to yeah, give you guys uh, a, a little bit of a um, an, an idea, in two thousand and twenty one, the in two thousand twenty, the Dungeons and Dragons sales jumped thirty three percent. Um, during the pandemic, it has jumped. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has jumped 24% total in their whole company. Uh, in just last year, or in just 2020, $816 million. Wow. Dungeons and Dragons alone, one, that one property, um, in just book That's sales. Crazy. Just book sales has sold over a billion dollars worth of products since its iteration wow. um and that may even be just since it was bought out by wizards of the coast because that's the information that's coming through um on cnbc wow. uh and you is, said they still only pay their designers a hundred dollars it's only a hundred dollars um no yeah so, weirdly the rate for a designer has not changed exactly that's an interesting <laughs> that's interesting to note uh yeah, yeah the, where's inflation work on the behalf of the uh, of the designer yeah. <laughs> um, so I just I'm I'm enamored by this idea, right? This this idea that started somewhere um, so humbly and has now become a, a worldwide phenomenon uh, in in Europe. They saw their biggest sales. It's, it's on a seven year um, uptick trajectory. It has made more money year over year over the last mm. seven years. Um, and it continues to to go up. So Dungeons and Dragons is a property that maybe wouldn't be so bad to invest in. Wizards of the Coast, again, they're also responsible for things yeah. like uh, Magic the Gathering. We have seen recently a crossover where there's Dungeons and Dragons cards now. There's a Dungeons and Dragons set inside of Magic the Gathering. Dungeons and Dragons is now besides... The gameplay, they're doing books. I, I think I talked about one a couple weeks ago that I got mm -hmm. Cooper for Christmas. We've been reading through that. It's a lot of fun. Oh, um, nice. It's a young, like a young reader style game, like a teen read. Um, mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of these offshoots. And this company is not slowing down. It's going bigger and bigger. And with the world having gone online in the last two years, uh, like primarily online, um, they have only seen... Uh, greater increase in sales and a search for community. And it has become de-nerdified um, by culture, mm -hmm. I would say, over the last couple of years. And uh, there there are some real business people backing it because they see the numbers and the trajectory of this, what used to be a game for nerds uh, after school in their mom's basement. It's no longer that. It has become a bit of a business juggernaut um, and, uh, and people are getting, 
making some real money off, off of it. So all that said, do you feel like you would play this game differently knowing how well it's done financially than to play it um, like as a, how do I want to ask this question? Because I had it in my mind and I think I want to change it a little bit. Does it affect how you see this game, playing it to know that it is financially successful as well as something that's fun? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it, Does it change it your perspective like have, of the game? It has make, makes me have more like respect for, you know, like the people who made it and like how savvy they are as business people. But like as just a, a player, I don't really feel like it... Um, Changes my mind. Changes you. Okay. What about you, Patrick? Because I because I have an idea in mind that you could be a kind of person that to find out something is or isn't successful in the business world would determine whether or not you would take it seriously or not. Um if anything, the hipster part of me would want to play it less. That's what, and that's my question. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, being seriously, like I obviously enjoy it, and I, I guess I'm glad that it is doing well, especially because, uh, and I'm I, I'm not surprised, especially in light of of uh, pandemic, mm-hmm. in light of the success of Stranger Things. Um, those mm-hmm. are like two really big things that I imagine have propelled. So they it. specifically say pandemic, Stranger Things, and um. Harm oh, what's now. the name of that show? The uh, oh, Critical Role, probably. No, no, no. It's like the, no, no, no. Those are like big ones. I'm talking um, about. I'm talking about mainstream. Hang on, it has it right here. It where where Adam uh, from, what's the name of the show where it takes place? It was 1980 something. What's that show? It's about like the Goldbergs or something. Goldbergs. So they okay. they specifically no. mentioned the Goldbergs. I don't watch the Goldbergs. They yeah, specifically mentioned the Goldbergs. They specifically mentioned pandemic, and they specifically mentioned the other thing that you said as yeah. being what has put it in the forefront of the zeitgeist, mainstreaming it. I know Adventure Zone's a big one. Yeah, I, so I, that part of me is not surprised that it's experienced that, like, push. Um, now, I, I uh, and so how does that affect me wanting to play it? I, I, it doesn't affect me wanting to play it, and I would say that it excites me that so many people are participating with it. Now, I know that that has also created its share of, like, drama for the community, which is a conversation Will and I have had recently, and it's probably a conversation we're going to dive into in another episode, uh, just breaking down some of the drama in the community, because you can imagine an influx in, of people and popularity um, uh, means also potentially, uh, uh, you know, shifts in the way things are done, or right. it, it kind of speeds up the evolution of... of the game and the more voices in the, at the table yeah. means more cultures at the table means more perspectives at the table, which yeah. is going to just mm-hmm. breed conflict and growth. Yeah. yeah. Inevitably. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. There's probably people in the community that don't like the fact it's having the success it's having at this point, but of it course. for sure doesn't affect my, my uh, enjoyment of it. And that's what I was wondering, right? That's, that was the yeah. position I was coming at because there are people who I could imagine. Uh, I know several of them that I won't mention by name, but I do know them who would, the second something becomes popular, they, they turn their back on it. And I am more of the mind, as long as it doesn't affect the product in a way that it, I don't know, like neutralizes it or becomes less uh, of something that I really liked about it and more of something that I didn't like about it. You know, um, 
I I see success and more people joining the joining the the bandwagon, if it were, or you mm-hmm. know, as you are. Um, that's it makes it more accessible, and it incentivizes those companies and other companies to make pro- continue to make products for it. And yeah. it's why, even though I don't love every iteration of the Ninja Turtles, and they're not all my favorites, and Michael the Michael Bay films weren't uh, what I go and rewatch every you know every few weeks, I'm still happy that people have have an enjoyment for that property, and it still makes enough money that they continue to make more things about it. Right? Yeah. Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles has been around my entire life. Star Wars has been around my entire life. I haven't loved everything that has come out with those properties, but I love the fact that they're still making things because as yeah. often, as much yeah. as they keep making things, yes, there are going to be misses, but there are also going to be hits. And I love that. And I think Dungeons and Dragons is in that same position for yeah. me. Now I came to it later in life. I mean, assuming that I die in the next four years, this is very late in my life. Um, but, uh, I came to I'd it give later it three, in life. Honestly, man. <laughs> I don't um, think you got more than three. Then I, uh, then I would say that uh, I'm I'm thrilled that they have kept it around this long, and I'm thrilled that it's still so successful that they're going to continue to add to it because I'm yeah. just now getting into it and I'm excited about it. I think something too with with D and D specifically is like that you know it is so kind of um, partitioned out. Like if you want to stick with the old rules, you don't have to change if you don't want to. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Back of the hand thing. No, no, it's fine. It's just uh he had already been his hands. Felt a little, <laughs> I felt a little stuck right here. Um <laughs> I'm going to propose something now that we're not going to do anytime soon. Okay. It's going to involve uh Will making a big drive south. It's going to make involve Lauren making a drive north, no, kind of west. Just north, west. Mostly west. Pretty much just west. west. <laughs> Basically westish. Okay. But Here's uh, and it's gonna involve us finding a room that is covered in um, wood paneling. But what I'm proposing, <laughs> dimly lit room. We all get mechanical pencils, and we we actually uh, do this 1975 uh, like little mm-hmm. tournament book thing that I have. Mm-hmm. We, we we do a playthrough of that collectively together. Someone will need to smoke a cigarette the entire time. Okay. Maybe two people. That's very important. Okay. Uh, and we will need to find some really cheap um, beer. Sure. And again, wood paneling. But yeah. I think combine all those things together could be a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be down. I mean, I don't. Yes, exactly. I don't. We're love- gonna. We're gonna go like on Airbnb and be like, we need the most <laughs> dated basement possible, please. <laughs> that's okay with smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not good, telling them that part. Good, good <laughs> luck in the fog machine. Good, good luck with that. So, um, yeah, I, I'll I agree. just bring my furniture. Will so that's my <laughs> that's my category. The business of D and D is thriving. It is booming, um, and I couldn't be happier for them um, because that means we're gonna see D and D for years to come. And if you're still sitting in this chat and you haven't tried playing the game and you think that's like next level nerdy. You would be surprised what pro athletes, what uh, celebrities, actors, what movie yeah. you know, actors play this game on a regular basis um, because it really invigorates the imagination. It really cultivates community um, and it's a really healthy pastime 
when you consider all the different ways that you can waste your time in an evening. This is a great <laughs> this is a great way above those things. So a notch yeah, above. And let me throw this out right now. I don't have a firm date, so don't hold me to it. The hope is either this Saturday or next Saturday. So check socials, check Slack. But we are actually going to do a how to play D&D stream. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk also about how to, to DM a game. And we're going to have several people on that have like have various stages yeah. of experience doing it. It's going to be a very, very good stream. Watch the socials for the actual date. But it's it very likely either this Saturday or next Saturday. Yeah going to be a good one all right that's my uh that's my category so um lauren why don't you okay. go i will uh so i got future movies and i'm going to take that super literally and talk about the movies that are coming out this year that i'm excited about and i decided to kind of add a caveat of non-marvel movies because i feel like we talk about them a lot so let's talk about some things that we you know haven't come up yet you know i think we talked about dr strange for 30 minutes of our Spider-Man review. So like, you know, we've, we've covered what we're excited about with Marvel. So let's talk about some other superheroes like Batman. I'm very excited for that movie <laughs> comes out in March, which is a lot sooner than I realized. Um, I always like hold my breath with every DC movie and I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm pretty excited that they did decide to set this one, not truly in the DCEU or whatever. It's like in its own little, bubble and will get to exist on its own and not rely on anything else, you know, which I think is probably a good move for them. I mean, they're they're also having the Flash come out this year and like they're supposed to be doing Flashpoint. So who knows how long that the multiverse won't exist in their universe as well. But uh, the cast for this movie is very exciting. Robert Pattinson is Batman. Um, you have uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Andy Serkis as Alfred, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, and lots and lots of interesting villains. You've got John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, which I didn't actually know until I was writing this, and uh, Paul Dano as Edward Nashton slash the Riddler. Um, looks That's really Colin cool. Farrell? That Shocked. is a yeah. crazy Shocked. makeup yeah. job. Yeah. That is yeah. a crazy makeup job. Mm-hmm. I, wow. did, I didn't recognize him either. So like I was like, oh, wow. Amazing. So um, I am excited for this. It looks really dark and gritty, like even darker and grittier than any other DC movie. They described the Riddler as a serial killer in the description. So, yes. Can I can I, <laughs> I can I pause just on that for one second? Yeah. Colin Farrell as Oswald Copperpot's makeup is even more transformative and and uh yeah, transformative is probably a good word. Then Danny DeVito's Oswald Copperpot's yeah. uh, <laughs> makeup. Like, that's crazy. You can tell that's Danny DeVito. Like, <laughs> right. You still know it's Danny DeVito under there, even though there's all these prosthetics and weird body dysmorphia stuff happening. But with, with Colin Farrell, he just looks like a normal guy, but does not look like Colin Farrell at all. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the, uh, his relation to Mrs. Potts? Yeah, that's it's his uh, oh, second yeah. cousin. Okay, yeah, perfect. Second Great. cousin. I was yep. gonna say second wife. <laughs> wow, so, there's, a, there's, a thread, there's a thread. There's a through this whole episode, huh? Great. <laughs> I I guess I'm just so I don't it's know. Chip's if it, I, dad. I, I, yeah, it's Chip's dad. Great. Um, I like Copper Pot better, by the way. It's Copper Pot. Throw that out there. It's gonna be Copper Pot in the new movie. That's the point. That's what I was trying to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. I am fully. <laughs> torn on the trailer because 
I don't think it looks very good. Uh, the cast is incredible. Um, and I think that uh, there are parts of the trailer that feel amazing. And then there are parts of the trailer that um, probably feel like they're living in a bit more of the graphic novel, like a little bit extra animated world. And mm-hmm. some of that stuff, I, I think that maybe um, I lean towards something that feels more rooted in reality. And so when it starts leaning towards graphic novel, I think it almost like uh, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. So I think this I, may I don't know, like, create an interesting medium of like more exaggerated visuals with a more realistic take based on like kind of what I was reading today. But that's it's hard to say without seeing the movie, I'm guessing, you know, sure. like. Um, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I I agree that the first trailer didn't get me as excited as I wanted to. I saw a new trailer today that I thought was better. Um, had Catwoman in it a lot, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm ge- I'm getting excited seeing him like interact with other people and like more of this. So I'm there I am excited. A, there were a couple moments in the trailer that felt a little bit like could have come out at the same time as the original Matrix film. Like a couple like scenes that were put in there that like rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I Was it all like the green letters like coming down like that? The digital? Yeah, it was that part. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, the, and the bullet big time. Scene. It was great. <laughs> but, I, but I am excited. I mean, I'll be watching it on uh, opening day for sure. Like I, I am mm-hmm. absolutely excited to see it. But uh, the trailer, th- th- this trailer is another one that let me down. Like I'm, I, I don't know. Trailers just haven't been doing it for me lately. Okay, well then I'm going to ask you about a trailer that that is all I have to go for this next one because yes. it's just I think it's a great trailer. Uh, the Northman. Have you seen that one? No, I actually thought you were about to say another one that came out this week. Oh, uh, this is a trailer that's been out for a little bit. Uh, it's the next like A24 film. Um, looks really um, just you know very like moody, weird viking vengeance story it looks like pretty cool it's by the same guy who did the witch in the lighthouse so kind of like those very intense spooky vibes but like you can tell there's like things going on under the surface uh it's like starring alexander skarsgård um as the northman and um as anybody who liked true blood i think that's freaking hilarious um (laughs) Uh, it has like kind of the like all stars, I would say, from Robert Eggers' other movies. Anya Taylor Joy and Willem Dafoe and Ralph Ineson are all in this, as well as like Nicole Kidman, uh, Fred Armisen, and- <laughs> Ralph Ineson. He's the guy oh. who's the Green Knight and like the dad and the witch who has that like crazy voice. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's gr- awesome. Um, I haven't seen yeah. the trailer for this. I haven't seen the trailer I, for this. I, I just like don't have anything to say other than like I thought the trailer looks really cool. It's very pretty. It's very violent looking, very stylish looking, like just a trailer that I was like, I'm going to watch that movie as soon as I saw it. Can I propose that we watch it right now? Well, that looks rad. Right? I was like, it's a good trailer. <laughs> I I am. Uh, that was good. <laughs> that Yay! was good. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm here for it. Ethan Hawke is in yes, everything I mean, these days. He's like yeah. the Chris Pratt of, uh, I don't know, movies. Did you guys watch um, Good Lord Bird know. last year? I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show, but man, that was really good. He is, <laughs> he of, is of movies what Bird. Chris Pratt is to to voiceovers. That's what I was trying to get at here. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, see. I like it. I like it. What was it, what was it called? I Mr. Mean, Bird? Uh, good Lord Bird. It's like a... He plays John Brown, who's like a um, 
you know, Civil War guy. No, it's an interesting no show. Okay. I don't want to go. I'm going to go down yeah. like a total rabbit hole. No, 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 here no, no stuff, need sorry. to. The Northman yeah. looks great. You talked yeah. about it on the podcast. I, I was like, I think I did, but I don't remember. Yeah, she yeah, talked about it on the show. Yeah. Wait, what Thanks. alternate universe are we living in right now? Where <laughs> Patrick, where it was Patrick at the end remembers of last year, something so, yeah. <laughs> about the podcast, and I don't. That is, that is, we are living in a broken timeline. You are it. right, Patrick. This is the darkest timeline. <laughs> I'm just, I remember her because it sounded like something I would want to watch because it it's had like, very good. we talked about a, a level of like the humor and some of the like irreverence in it. In addition to the, um, like the time it's set in and it, it just sounded very interesting to me. Never yeah. watched it. It, it, it is because a good show. Yeah. Was it on Amazon? What service was it on? I think Showtime or yeah, Stars. Yeah, what it Stars. was. Yeah. It, so it was like difficult to actually go see because mm-hmm. I think I did want to see it. And He doesn't uh, yeah. trust your like, opinion enough to spend $50 for the subscription service No, no, that No, that I, I understand when things are like on a subscription service you don't have like as somebody with tons of them right now. So like I get it. And then speaking of subscription services, that ties in perfectly with my last pick. Aren't you so proud of me? <laughs> um, there's what a is Netflix this movie. <laughs> And this might not actually come out next year. We might be waiting even longer for this movie than we've already waited, which is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which just came out with a little teaser trailer. <gasps> and I'm going to I have not seen the guys. teaser trailer for it. Wait, are Very we watching short. this too? Watch the yes! trailer. So now we're ready. Watch the trailer. <laughs> this is awesome. This is going to look janky again, everybody. But here we go. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> oh my word. Ewan yeah. McGregor is is freaking Jiminy Cricket. And that was Colin yeah. Farrell in makeup. Yeah. And that was his body. <laughs> Colin Farrell was the tree that he was coming out of. That was that's that Dude, is I, crazy. I'm like so excited for this movie it's funny because my notes were literally like one Guillermo del Toro two stop motion animation three Ewan McGregor's voice it, <laughs> it's like it has all of the things that you want and I don't care what Jedi Robbie's is saying in the chat right now he's 100% wrong he looks amazing uh Jiminy yeah Cricket I think looks it looks fantastic. cool I mean if you guys are familiar with like I mean like Guillermo del Toro does creepy stuff the kind of uh, source material of this version of Pinocchio is based on Gris Grimley's stuff. So that is very like twisted fairy tale, like Tim Burton meets like the um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac type artwork. Like it's very like long, creepy people. So I'm really excited to see that like translated with Guillermo del Toro into this animation. Even just seeing that little cricket guy, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. It's forever. pronounced crepe people, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But uh, just to like shout out the rest of the cast, which is pretty crazy as well. Uh, we've got Kate Planchett, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, as we were talking about earlier. Um, Ron Perlman, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, John Turturro, and um, Tim Blake Melson. So you have a little oh brother where art there reunion almost. <laughs> but I just think this looks freaking awesome. I've been like hearing about this movie for like literally 10 years. So I'm very excited to see any actual footage from this movie. And like, I love everything Guillermo del Toro is working on usually. So that is really exciting. I couldn't be happier with, with that one. And honestly, when you, (laughs) this is just a truth statement. When you (laughs) say that you're going to talk about the three movies that you're most excited about, I assume I might be half interested in one of them. And uh, maybe just 2022 is just a different year. We have a, a bright out, you know, 
a bright mindset. We're excited about new horizons and new things. But all I'm all I can say is you did a great job picking these out, Lauren. Like legitimately, oh, very you. excited about <laughs> it. Yeah, congratulations. There, there are like quite a few other movies that I'm also excited about next year. Like I don't want to like knock anybody. I just didn't want to go on and on forever. But I'm yeah. I'm super excited for all three of these. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it is it is stuff that you're really excited about. And I'm I'm excited yeah. for it as well. So all right, you tossing it over to Patrick to close the uh close the shop? I am, I am. Okay. That was all so good. Okay. Thank you. Um I have a few <laughs> I have I have a problem with speaking and I my voice and my volume. <laughs> I have a voice and modulation. <laughs> yeah. I hope that I stopped, clips. I stopped short of doing the, That's uh, good. the Will Ferrell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but thank you. So uh, I have future it. of uh, like like uh, uh, streaming and things like that. Uh, that. That's what I have on mind. So I actually want to talk about our future of streaming. I want to talk about uh, why we're on Twitch and, and what 2022 looks like. So I've, I've teased out. Uh, oh, I say teased. I flat out told you some of the things that's coming up. We have uh, how to play um, uh, D&D and how to DM D&D. That's coming up in the next two weeks. We're going to actually have uh, dungeons. Uh, um, we're going to have like dungeons. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, like D&D sessions that are going on. So we're going to have a campaign that's going on here. We have Pop Culture Roundtable. We're going to see the return of the drawing board at some point. So that's going to be going on Twitch. So we, we have a lot of content that you're going to be able to watch. Um, but what does that mean for everything else? And and why do we do it to start with? So there's one piece of this, which is should be very obvious. We talk about a lot of very visual things. We like to talk about board games, pop culture, movies, etc. We just got to sit and watch two trailers with y'all. How cool is that? We mm-hmm. cannot do that in a purely audio format. So if you want to see me not describe something and hold it up, you got to be here to get that. Um, the second piece of that is we love instantaneous community. So when we release a podcast, we have to wait to get feedback. We have to record right. something and then wait to talk about it later. And be this corrected. Is, <laughs> when yeah, you say inevitably be corrected. <laughs> and so by having you here in the moment, you can correct us in real time, which is a lot of fun for us. Uh, and again, we just we get to sit here and like do things together. Mm-hmm. But um, that brings us to the next point. It's way more casual. So there's an expectation with podcasts that they like sound good and like they're professional uh we're not interested in that we're interested to have in like having fun community with other people we want to get rid of the 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 need to like overdo it and so that is also why this medium works now there's also the financial side of things which does not exist yet and it's not going to exist in a big way but we do have some people that support our show which we love those are our patrons and uh we're a huge fan of theirs we feel like they're huge fans of us they allow us to do stuff like get they at least have expendable and, income. <laughs> yeah, they allowed us to afford boxes and yeah. get microphones and afford boxes, but um, not shipping. But the boxes but take the care boxes. <laughs> if I get enough boxes, they'll eventually reach all the way to Jedi cells. If I just keep you adding can like box. slide them. I don't understand yeah. the thought process. Yeah, put another like box. <laughs> Eventually, they'll get to Jedi's house. Okay. Um, and so that's awesome. But when we podcast, those channels, like that service is not built into our delivery system. Right. So we have to have the delivery system, which is like, let's say, podcast or Stitcher, Spotify, something like that. 
And then we have to add like a third party layer in order to incorporate that, which adds more complexity. It adds like double posting content or it adds like double moderation. It, and it, it just adds a lot more work and time and uh, a bit of confusion. Like one of the issues we've had with uh, Patreon, that if you're a patron, you know, uh, the way you get that content doesn't work in your normal feed. And so then you have to like balance two feeds and you can't consume this one through your normal program, like application. And it's just a little bit of a mess. So by using something like Twitch, that system is baked into the delivery platform. And so we'll actually be able to move away from Patreon. We won't have Patreon anymore because we'll be running everything through this system. All this stuff will be baked into a single place. Um, so that, that's, what, that's what we're thinking about it. it, it yes, Doc, you're exactly right. It's our way of saying we don't care anymore. That's not exactly what I said. <laughs> it's our way of saying we're putting all the focus on you. But now you've said it, so now he can audio bite that. <laughs> He's going to clip it. That is it. true. <laughs> so pie's on my face. Um, but and, and how exactly it'll unfold, we'll see. Like Part of what I'm saying is like these are directions we feel like stuff is trending, but like mm -hmm. obviously if it hasn't happened, it hasn't happened yet, so we'll see. The ultimate goal with all of this is to decrease the amount of time that we spend that isn't directly related to building community with you people. Yeah. That's what we care about. And so <laughs> anything that we can do to take the time away from like sitting editing in a program and move it to having like an actual personal conversation is a win. And it seems like this may be the best way to go about it. And so that that's kind of what's happening for the time being. And we'll see how it evolves. And how it evolves is going to depend on this feedback that we get in real time thanks to Twitch. That's so what, for that's can, I, can yeah. I piggyback off of that? Because I think it's important to note we have always, always, always been about community. From day one, seven years ago, going on eight years ago when we started this podcast, it was about community. We started the podcast because of community. And this is the first time other than when we have done live events uh, where we have been able to interact with the people that we actually care about, not that we don't care about each other, um, but we get to interact with the the end goal in real time, the voices get to be uh, in incorporated into it. This feels more fulfilling than just the three of us talking. I still get to catch up with you guys. I still get to find out what's going on. We still get to have our interaction, but then more people get to speak into it. This feels like the culmination of what we were trying to do seven years ago when we started the show. Like yeah. truly, like it really does. Yeah. So, uh, so that's where everything sits. So we will see how it evolves, but uh, this is where we love spending our time. And this is where we get to hang out with y'all. So please, Give feedback. For those that are listening to the podcast right now, because obviously there's a lot of you that listen to the audio episode, uh, we plan on increasingly doing more on Twitch. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it's uh, twitch.tv slash M of one podcast, probably. That's it. Um, but then also go into Slack, check our socials. We'll, we'll link to it everywhere. But follow <laughs> us on Twitch. And uh, if you follow us, you'll get notifications. So you'll know when we go live. And we have a lot of content coming up. I think... Andrew is going to do an episode next week on like where babies come from. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure you go and follow us now, and then you'll get notifications for when that uh, episode yeah. goes live. Mackenzie is Mackenzie is hosting it. She's teaching me uh, <laughs> where she said there's visuals, like I don't know, handmade yeah. visuals. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to find out. If you want to find out, just join the Twitch stream. <laughs> do you think? 
a baby is kind of a handmade visual? No. <laughs> okay. <exactly. never. laughs> I think if the hand and that's is why we have this episode. If the next hand week. is involved, there's likely not a baby. <laughs> that's all that, I that's gotta... kind of where I was going on that <laughs> train of thought as well. <laughs> but learn more later. Okay. But I but I don't know. No, I'm, don't a, know I'm a novice. I'm a novice. We'll find out next week. <laughs> uh, we do um, have some yeah. fun stuff planned for it though, and uh, stuff that mm-hmm. we haven't even announced yet. And so I'm I'm excited to to uh, see what what happens with this whole new venture. It's fun. It's more fun. I'll say it that way. It's yep. a lot more fun. So. <laughs> that everything. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Your deep breath of <sighs> that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're you have like a physical and mental reset we saw the whole thing happen in front of us witnessed it <laughs> is that it yeah i, I, don't okay. know what That's, I already said that. i got so distracted by your action i didn't hear what you were saying yeah what <laughs> i said is that's it okay great okay well, if that's it, then we're going to move into our that's dice. That's clearly it. I've told you three times. Cool. Great. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move into the dice where we figure out exactly what we're talking about next week. Um, I've got my dice right here, so I'm going to go ahead and roll first this week. Uh, in case you didn't know, we roll a 20-sided die. They are all, all the categories are already uh, assigned, and each week they get randomly shuffled. Um, so we don't know what the numbers represent until Lauren reads it off of her randomly shuffled list. And so that's how it works for anybody who wanted to know. I just rolled mm-hmm. a 10 and I rolled a one. Okay. So. A, I was going to pull my camera to show you what I rolled. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out all these cables, I like took the time to tie them all back. I just <laughs> almost ripped a bunch of stuff out. Second thing is, I just rolled a 10 and a 1. Oh, my so. God. So oh, it doesn't even... I was going to be so like, Andrew, even... you'll be so happy to know it's not business. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Let's Still roll these be. things again. Let's roll these things again. You bet it wasn't 10-4. 8 and a 3. <laughs> 14. Okay. I was like, I'm just going to wait until you do roll your... And a 2. Uh, 8. It will be design. And yeah. Four- 14. And you got art. Lovely. Ha-ha. In your face. And I got a 17 and a 2. And so 17 Business. this week. I hope it's designed. <laughs> I got YouTube slash podcast. So great. Okay, great. No one has business this week. I think it's the first Present. week in a month that no one has had business. We do have. I know, okay. yeah. Next, next week, we will lead with our poll for what should we replace business with. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, just I make love sure that. next week that you bring your ideas and we're going to lead with that. Yeah. All right, so on that note, uh, we've done a lot of pitching about a lot of stuff. Uh, We talked about a lot of stuff on this episode, so you can find all the show notes and links over at mof1.network. On there, you can find an archive with a ton of other content. Like I said in this episode, we've been doing this for over seven years. There's plenty of stuff to listen to, uh, and so check all that stuff out. And then, you know, share that content. Like, post it. Post about us. That doesn't hurt. It would be very helpful and friendly. Say, hey, here's a podcast that I enjoy. Maybe you'll enjoy it, too. Head on over to Twitch. Give us a follow. Twitch.tv slash podcast. When you do that, you will get notifications every time we go live. Um, Because, like Patrick said, besides our Pop Culture Roundtable that has a weekly release, we are going to be doing several other shows that have different release schedules. And the only way to find that out, uh, rather, like in a timely fashion is by following uh, following the channel. So do that. It's super helpful for us. It takes very little time for you. It's also super helpful for us when you like, rate, and review 
the show on Apple Podcasts. Patrick, do you know if we have any new reviews? I'll give you a second to look that up while I continue going through this stuff. Um, yeah, give me a second to look that up while you continue going through that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going through this stuff while you have a second to look that up. Um, Sounds good, man. I'm going to look this up real quick. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to give you a second. Good job, good job. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's going to be what? M of me? one dot no M of one dot network slash slack if you want to join the conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um otherwise just go to M of one dot network, click the Slack icon, and you can join us uh in there 24 hours a day, 24 days a week. <laughs> That's how that works. Guys, right? we got we got work to do. We have two that have to be read. We have two new oh, reviews. What? Here's the new first review. one. Wah, wah, wah. This what? one has a this one has a voice. Okay. And it's the voice of oh, Stefan no. from SNL. So I'm giving this to Andrew. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's you're going to send me, you're going to send it to me? I ju- I, yeah, I just slacked it to you. Okay. Let me or I slacked it to Jetpacks, one or the other. <laughs> you slacked it to somebody. And then oh. I'm going to give, um, I'm, and I'll tell you who did them after, but I'm going to give this one to uh, the other one, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Don't worry Feeling about it. Special today. I'm so excited for Patrick to have to edit this episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you yeah, ready for probably me to go? Cut that out. You're yeah, gonna say yeah, who, go ahead. you're gonna say who wrote these after the fact? Yeah, no, I'll go ahead and let you know. This is from <clears throat> Pace Legend. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> it can't be right, so Pace Legend. <laughs> It's like the hand gesture that goes, like, like I'm, I'm conceding that this is wrong, but I'm doing my best. But there it is. Okay. In an SNL Stefan voice, this podcast has everything. Games, movies, <laughs> TV, art, design, food, just to name a few. Yeah. I got to do this too. Yeah. Sorry. You got to make a TP for your, there you go. Yeah. They cover all the topics that are near and dear to me. Lauren, Patrick, and Andrew are the great... Nope, let me say that again. Lauren and Patrick and Andrew are great hosts that keep every topic they discuss interesting and informative, and they have great insights and recommendations every week. I always look forward to the new releases to hear their wonderful voices and input about the recent pop culture universe happenings. That was so that good. Was good. That <laughs> Thank was you. good. Thank you. And the next one is from Jay Lonick. All right, Jay Lonick. I had to have got that right. <laughs> all right. Movies, art, toys, games, and design. This show has it all and is delivered in a friendly, hey, did you see this cool thing? Way that just makes it feel like it's a fun hangout with friends. When a new episode comes out, it jumps to the top of my must play list. When something interesting is happening with pop culture, I can't wait for Andrew to love it or Patrick to hate it or Lauren to learn about because she was busy drawing something awesome. Keep up the great work, Andrew, Patrick, and Lauren. Wow. That was good. Those are a couple of fantastic reviews. Yes. Thank you, And I hate it. (laughs) Bah humbug. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So keep those coming. They're a lot of fun to read and they help us out. They really do help us. They they cost nothing Mm -hmm. for you, but they do help us a lot when it comes to what uh what shows get aggregated to people's feeds and what shows up for people and so every little bit of that helps us out so so much and so thank you for our two new 
reviews. We look forward to reading more next week because you listeners uh, are gonna are gonna jump in and help us out. All right. Yeah. On that note, I think we've covered enough stuff. We're gonna hop out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Bye.